I know for most of us, it's really hard to think about death, to talk about death, to even want to explore the meaning of death or how we die and why we die and what happens afterwards. There's so many of us that are just super uncomfortable with it. And it's, it's really too bad because it creates an immense amount of stress on the time that we're passing when we're ultra worried about death. And I'm not saying I'm not worried about death. I'm, you know, I'm worried about the pain of death. That's the only thing I'm worried about. I'm hoping to die in my sleep, like a lot of people have said, uh, or some other way that I, I don't even know that I'm gone, right? That type of thing. I, I'm surely not into death with suffering by any means. But, you know, when you're, when you're afraid to talk about death and you're afraid to talk about the preparation and everything else, like so many of our ancestors and other cultures, indigenous people still do to this day, it takes a lot of the pain away. It takes a lot of the fear away. It takes a lot of the insecurity. I've got some stories that are just beautiful I'm going to share with you right now. One of my first teachers, gurus, was Ram Das in the 80s, and he was probably one of the most uh, well-versed, incredibly educated man in the world of death and dying and grieving. And he used to actually go and sit with family members and hold the hand of the family member dying and talk to the person dying and talk to the family members. If I remember correctly, he said that most of the time he had a harpist with him that would sit in the corner and just gently play this incredible soft music, which set the tone for his conversations. So he was so unafraid to talk about death that he opened up my mind. And this is when I first started my career in 1980. And I, I run into this guy that is so advanced and I'm sitting there going, wow, is this wacko stuff or is this real? And it ended up being real. He had so many stories that he would share with me about families that, you know, they were so afraid before they met him. And he talked to them about how he was going to proceed. And when the time was there, he would be early and he would sit and it would be a calm setting and the lighting would be beautiful and candles would be lit. And all of a sudden the family members are thinking of death in a totally different way. And I, I, I share this story because most of you know my mom died three years ago. My dad died, I don't know, a year and a half ago or something like that. And, you know, I've had to face their four years of dying. And then I had to face their death. And then I had to face the grieving afterwards. And now I'm still right here, you know, and I'm appreciating the fact that they're gone. And that might sound strange, but I'm appreciating the fact because it's brought back so many incredible memories that I wasn't really ever thinking about while they were here in physical form. They're around me all the time in spiritual form. And I think if you want your past departed loved ones to be around you, you can do it. And we teach people how to do it by creating gateways, by writing to them on a regular basis, by inviting them to be a part of our life, by asking them to leave signs. You know, I share all the time with my clients, you know, people talking about how they'll find, you know, four quarters across the top of their toilet and they're the only one that lives in the house and there's been no one there. And their former lover used to always leave quarters around for him. You know, it's that kind of stuff that makes the acceptance of death a little easier. While we're alive, though, is where I want to start the conversation. You know, like right now, I, I, I share that I'm not afraid of dying. I'm more just uh, you know, nervous about is there going to be suffering? Now, one of the reasons I'm not afraid of dying is because I've done everything that I'm here for. Um, we were putting out our 15th book right now, um, a cute story in 1987, uh, a Vedic astrologer did an eight hour reading for me. It was six to eight hours long and said I was going to write 17 books. So maybe I'll be here to write my final 17. I don't know, but I'm okay leaving this planet. Uh, I'm okay because I put everything I have into it. I've tried to do my best to help people. I've made mistakes, you know, but I've tried to do my best. 
And when I look back at my life, I can say one thing. I did my best. I overcame huge challenges like addiction to alcohol and cocaine and never returned, uh, never relapsed, never even thought about it once I went through a really tough first year of recovery. Uh, after that, it's been a walk in the park, you know. So I've done everything. I've written the books. I've lectured all over the world. My God, in the 80s and early 90s, I would travel 40 weeks a year all over the world speaking. So, you know, I have a lot to be grateful for. Um, I also have accepted my my frailties, you know, my mistakes. And I've talked about my addictions as a mistake and my bankruptcies as greed. I put myself into a place of greed. So I'm sharing all this with you because I believe this is the way we prepare ourselves for passing over is we evaluate this life. And if you're with me right now and you're saying, oh my God, I haven't done all this kind of stuff I want to do. This is the time to start doing it. You know, this is the time to start to write the book if that's always been a goal, or maybe this is the time to, you know, really hunker down with your expenses and get rid of a home or something you have that's that maybe costs more money than you feel like spending and going into a tiny little condo and living frugally. And maybe that would bring great inner peace. I don't know. See, I don't know what your life path is. But I know that when you get to that life path and you feel that you've done everything you can. It's easier to talk about passing on. It's easier to talk about the next level. Whether you believe in reincarnation or not, it really doesn't matter to me. Uh, those are your beliefs to hold on to or not. If you think this is the last one, the last hurrah, well, let's make it a big one, right? Let's make sure we're going out with a smile. And uh, if we have another couple more to live, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, we'll find out if we come back, right? But I just think I want to talk, and there's one more story I want to give, but I want to bring the word death into the nomenclature, into just general conversation. You know, are you preparing yourself for death? And someone looks at me and goes, I'm 50 years old. And I say, I know. Are you doing everything that you wanted to do? Are you making plans on your bucket list? And I don't care if you have no money, you can still have a bucket list with no money. You know, but are you living your life? Because this is preparing ourselves to leave. Who wants to be on your bed, you know, regretting the fact that you never made it to that mountain that you wanted to climb or you never walked the Appalachian Trail or you never went snorkeling or whatever it is, you know, that's why I'm talking about death today. I don't want you to have any regrets, any resentments. I didn't live much of a life. I had a shitty life. All I have is a gold watch, you know, that cost 10 bucks for my employer. So here's the final story about death that I think is such a crucial one to hear. Don Miguel Ruiz has been uh, an acquaintance of mine. I can't say he's a friend. I've interviewed him a ton of times in the 90s, 2000s, late 2000s. When I was with SiriusXM, I got a chance to interview Don Miguel Ruiz again. He's the author of many books, but his most famous one is called The Four Agreements. It's exceptional. If you haven't read it, grab it. It's unbelievably great. But I had him on my show, and I hadn't had him on in about four years. And so I said, hey, Don Miguel, before you leave, I just got to ask you, you know, have you had any challenges over the last four years that are unexpected? And how did you handle them? And he started laughing. And I said, what's so funny? He said, well, you're right. I haven't talked to you in four years. Two years ago, I had open heart surgery. Two years ago, I had a heart transplant, David. Two years ago, the heart that used to keep me alive is no longer in my body. There's a new heart in my body. And I couldn't freaking believe it. Listen, I used to be a television reporter on Medical Minutes, and I would interview all kinds of transplant people, but I've never interviewed someone with a heart transplant. And the other thing is most people that I interviewed with transplants, now Don Miguel had been past that phase for two years, 
but they really, really struggled. And I said, did you really struggle with the decision for the transplant? Did you struggle with fear about if you might make it? And oh my God, you know, this guy is just so connected, so mellow, so filled with grace. He said, David, he said, I'll tell you the truth. He said, my family really had a hard time with it. I, I didn't have a hard time with it at all. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, my family was so afraid that I would die. My family was so afraid I would never make it through the surgery. And I said, well, that's pretty normal, isn't it? He said, well, it's not necessary. And my ears perked up and I said, tell me. And he said, well, I eventually had them all calm down by telling them this very simple fact that either the surgery was going to be successful and I'd be on this earth doing what I'm here to do, teaching, or I would be in this other place filled with grace, filled with love. And he said, David, I just told him I win both ways. I'm either here doing my work or I'm with our creator. How can I lose? Now, for someone to have that perspective is mind-blowing. For someone to expect their family to pick that up might be a stretch, right? Because our family members are a little different. But I think if we talk about things like this more frequently, we can help family members prepare for it as well. Listen, if I can help you at all, please reach out to me at talkdavid.com. We offer a free 20-minute discovery call. We have a discount on some of our, our programs right now because of the fact of inflation. So, you know, if you need help, reach out to me at talkdavid.com. We also have four books up there for free, a ton of videos for free. So go there and you can just relax and maybe learn a few things. But if you want to talk about grieving, maybe you need help in the grieving process with someone that passed, or maybe you want to talk about your own death or someone else that's coming closer to death, reach out to me. Let's have conversations. I've learned so much from people like Ram Das and Don um, Miguel Ruiz and Oh, many, many more people um, than that in order to bring myself to the point when I went through it with my mom and dad. Yeah, it was really hard, but I had a leg up. And then after my experience with my mom and dad, I am so ready to help as many people that need help. So please reach out. I'm David Essel. This is David Essel Live on Buzzsprout.com. Just go to Buzzsprout.com and Google my name. You'll find thousands of hours of podcasts and go to YouTube. And on our YouTube channel, subscribe. We've got 2,500 free videos there and more posting every day. Have a beautiful day.